Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. We'll read the first 12 verses of Psalm 139 and then conclude with verses 23 and 24. O Lord, thou hast searched me and knowed me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassed my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, it is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. And then over to verses 23 and 4, the very last two. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. May the Lord add his blessing to his word. Let us unite together in prayer. We thank thee, our Father, for the privilege that we have had of sharing together in this day's service. We have recognized the presence of your Spirit as we have communed together and with you. We've been led to your throne by prayer and by the music. We wait now upon you to speak to our hearts in a special way. Reveal to us your will. Open to us the truth of your word. And lift our hearts and souls to a higher plane of living through this fellowship today. For it is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. I want to go back to the 34th Psalm for our text. In the 34th Psalm and the 15th verse, we have these words. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. And then I want to go over to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12 when we read these words. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. 
I think perhaps that Peter was remembering the Old Testament quote from Psalms 34 when he quoted, the eyes of, are, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears open unto their cry. And then he added his own phrase, or perhaps a quote from somewhere else, and I haven't located it, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. But the first portion, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. And that's from, it's from this passage that I get the title of the message this morning. The eyes of God are upon you. There was a man one time, old in years, and did not have long to live, and had been confined to his bed for some time, who called his son into him, and said to his son, The Lord has told me to tell you this. What he said was, The Lord has told me to tell you that his eyes are upon you. The son thought that perhaps his father was hallucinating. But whether he was hallucinating or whether or not the Lord had given him a message for his son, the message got through. And the son felt uncomfortable and very much concerned about the statement that his father had made and confessed later on in life that it had had a tremendous impact upon the way he lived. For he could not get away from the statement that his father had made when his father had said, the eyes of God are upon you. And here we find those words in the Psalms and in the writing of Peter in the New Testament. David spoke very similar words in that which we read when he discovered that God is in fact everywhere. David had experienced success. He found out that in his success, he discovered God. David had experienced the shame of sin. When he had committed adultery and murder, and felt lower than any human being could possibly feel to the point that he believed that he had been committed to hell. And he stated from the scripture that he read, even from that point, he said, if I open my eyes in hell, and there I will discover that you are also present. Even from the depths of hell, he could not escape the presence of God. David had experienced sorrow to its greatest degree when he had lost his young son Absalom. And as he wept for his young son, he realized that even in his sorrow, God was present. David likewise experienced a tremendous joy of forgiveness when God forgave him of his sin. He experienced a tremendous thrill of service. And in it all, he goes to he states in more than one place, but particularly in this psalm, 
that the eyes of God were upon him and he could not escape them. I hope that we can see this morning in the experience of David that we likewise are under the constant gaze of God whether we're on the height of success on the mountaintop of a tremendous experience or whether we have sunk to the depths of the worst sin that we could possibly conceive, we have not escaped the eyes of God. Whether we go to heaven or whether we go to hell, we are still under the gaze of God and his eyes will not allow us to get away from him. God sees it all, David said, God hears it all, David said. Does this statement frighten you? That you can't escape God? Well, you'll have to answer that for yourself. But there's another question. Does this statement comfort you? That you can't escape the eyes of God. Do you believe that you can hide from God? The scripture tells us that we can't. And therefore, if we attempt to go off into the dark reaches of this world and commit those things that are contrary to God to, to violate his law and his will, we still stand in openness as if we were standing in broad daylight because God there sees us. On the other hand, are you afraid that God has forgotten you and just simply passed you by? If you have not had that experience, I would be surprised. Well, there are times in our lives when we reach a point that if we would be honest with ourselves and with each other and with God, we would have to say, I'm not sure God even knows that I exist. And David felt these things. David said in the first four verses, O Lord, thou hast searched me and know me. Look how personal. I think we can read those words and quote them as if we were speaking them. He goes on to say, you know when I sit down and you know when I get up and you know even my thoughts. In verse 3, he says, thou compassed my path. That is... You scrutinize my path. You search out where I go. I cannot go anywhere that you do not find me. You know when I lie down. You are acquainted with all my ways. He even goes on to say, There is not a word in my mouth, not a word that escapes my tongue, but what you already know about it. The Living Bible, I believe it is, or one of the other translations, quotes it this way. You know what I'm going to say before I say it. This is God. The eyes of God are upon us. I want to make three points this morning about his eyes searching us. Number one, the eyes of God should help us abstain from sin. All of us have spoken when we were kids about our mother who seemed to know what we were going to do it before we did it and we accuse her of having eyes in the back of her head I believe mothers are born with two sets of eyes one set forward and one set backward you can't escape them 
If we think that of our mothers, how much more ought we to think that of God? When a man wants to sin, or a, a woman, a person wants to sin, his tendency is to hide and do it someplace where it can't be uncovered. One of my jobs is to go into bars for the purpose of inspecting them. And there's one thing I've discovered about those places. Every one of them are dark. They don't have any lights in those places. Did you know that? And I ask them to turn on the lights, and they have a terrible time doing it, so I carry a flashlight in order to see my way around as I'm looking into and under things in that bar. Why don't they put lights on? Because people want to hide in places like that. But that's not the only thing. Whenever we want to be sneaky about something, we get behind or under, hoping that there's something that's going to shield us and prevent anybody from uncovering what we're doing. Remember the first time you smoked a cigarette? I bet you didn't do it out in broad daylight. It was behind or under something because you didn't want somebody to discover it. And this is the way we work. But James says in 3.19 that man loves darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. We don't publicize those things that we do that are evil. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden took of the tree that was there that they had been forbidden to eat from. And what did they do? The first thing they did is they, was, they were hiding. They hid from God. They got behind the tree. So that when God came walking in the cool of the day to fellowship with them, Adam and Eve were not to be found because they had hidden themselves from the eyes of God. And Numbers 32, 23 says, Be sure your sins will find you out. And so here is Adam and Eve hiding from God only to have God discover their sin. On the evening of the denial that Peter made of our Lord at the time of the trial, earlier that evening Jesus had said to Peter, Peter, before this night's over you're going to deny me three times. And Peter stood up and ranted and raved and said, I never will deny you. No siree. Never. He stood around that fire warming himself while Jesus was inside of the trial. He didn't go in with Jesus. He stood outside. And a little girl, teenager, came up to him and looked at him and recognized him and said to Peter, you're one of his, aren't you? And Peter said, no siree, not me. The second time the question was asked, and he denied it again. The third time he swore an oath and said, I tell you, I don't know that man. Jesus said, before the cock crows this night, Peter, you will have denied me three times. And just about that time that old rooster sounded off. And Peter remembered his words. Be sure your sins will find you out. And Peter was discovered as well. 1 Corinthians 4, 5 says that God will bring to light the hidden things of darkness. 
Yes, God sees our selfishness. He, he hears and understands. He comprehends our evil thoughts. He, he hears every spoken word. His eyes are upon us. There was a man who robbed a house. So the story goes. And when the robbery was discovered, the detectives came to the home to try to get some fingerprints or some evidence that might lead them to some individual who had committed the deed. They couldn't find any fingerprints. They had no clues except the detective who was a very sharp individual discovered that there was a bust of the, of the person of Christ, an image of him, uh, sitting on the mantle except it had been turned toward the wall. The back was facing outward. The face was toward the wall. He said to his people doing the fingerprints, check that bust and see if there are fingerprints on it. They discovered some fingerprints. The fingerprints led to the arrest of a man, and the man was arrested. And the detective said, why did you turn the bust toward the wall? And he said, I couldn't rob that house with the eyes of Jesus looking at me. The eyes of the Lord are upon us and ought to deter us from doing that which is wrong in his sight. That's point number one. Secondly, the eyes of God ought to be a source of comfort and strength to us. It ought to be a source of comfort and strength. Can you imagine Moses as he went in before Pharaoh and faced him on ten different occasions and saying, let my people go. And Pharaoh kept saying, I will not let them go. That Moses went in there nonchalant, without fear and trepidation. No, he went in very much afraid. But there was one reason that he could go. He took strength in the fact that in heaven above, the eyes of God were watching his every move and was giving him strength for the task at hand. When we go out to witness or to work for the Lord. We go out in the strength of God knowing that he has sent us and his eyes are never going to leave us. And he observes and sees everything we do. David wrote another psalm that you all know well by heart, Psalm 23. He wrote this as a shepherd boy out on the hillside watching after his father's sheep. And as he looked after those sheep, he kept his eyes upon them. He watched their every move. He looked out for every thistle and every poison piece of, of uh, weed that might be in the way. He watched for the robbers and he watched for the wild animals that might come upon them. His responsibility was to keep his eyes upon the sheep. And he said uh, in, in that psalm, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Could I translate your eyes are upon me. You anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And on he went. What was he talking about? As he looked after the sheep, as he was the shepherd of the sheep, so God is his shepherd to guard him, to strengthen him, and to comfort him when he has need. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28, 20, Lo, I am always with you. We can't escape Jesus. We're a Christian. 
I believe in the Lord, and most of you perhaps believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Listen, He is conscious of us and aware of us and always with us and always watching our every move in order that He might strengthen us in times of need. He might comfort us when we have need of comfort. Yes, He understands our problems. Many of you have talked with me on a number of occasions about your problems. We've done that here at church or in your home or my home or wherever. And I try to understand and comprehend what's taking place. But listen, I've got my weaknesses. I can't fully comprehend, but I can tell you one thing. There is somebody who knows completely and fully. Somebody who has seen it all. There is a spiritual says, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. Sometimes I'm almost to the ground. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody but Jesus. His eyes are upon us and that ought to give us comfort because he is completely and fully aware of all the things that we face. Thirdly, The eyes of God ought to spur us on to great achievement for him. When does an athlete do his best? It's when there are people watching. Not when he's running alone. Not when he's practicing alone. But when the eyes of people are upon him. What made David such a great slayer of giants as he went out to meet Goliath. He had never killed one in his life. But he took his little slingshot, selected some very smooth stones, discarded the armor that Saul wanted to put upon him, and went out to meet this great giant. We can translate this into you and I going out to meet the great problems of life. Our giants, we have our own. And as that huge eight-foot tall giant stood there before David and all he had was a little sling of the giant head on his armor fully clothed with all of that metal with a huge sword at his side the only vulnerable spot was between his eyes David went out in the name of God to perform God's work and it was God that guided that little stone to its place in the forehead of that giant and he fell. God's eyes watched David and the scripture says that David was a man after God's own heart. His eyes were upon him and was aware of him continually. It ought to spur us on to slay our giants in our own lives and in the life of the church that nothing stand in the way of what we want to achieve for the name of Jesus Christ, because his eyes will continually spur us on to do bigger and greater things. We ought to be greater today than we were yesterday. You know, the wonder of wonders to me is that God knows all about us and he still loves us. That's a, that's a wonder, is it not? He knows our sin, and yet he's willing to forgive us. He knows our needs, and he will supply it.
He knows our weakness. and He'll carry us when we're too weak to go on our own. This is our God. Someone wrote this. I didn't do it. So I don't know who. It's called The Seven Blessings of God's Presence. Listen to them. God is above you to guard you. God is underneath to support you. God is behind you to encourage you. God is before you to lead you. God is at your right hand to protect you. God is round about to shield you. God is within to comfort you. As you go to your room some nights, lay on your pillow wide awake as you deal with the problems of life and the tears roll perhaps from your eyes and you fret about your circumstances. Open your eyes and look up and you're going to see a pair of eyes looking down. It's the eyes of God who has never, never forsaken us. Where can we go from his presence? From the depths of hell to the heights of heaven. And God's eyes are always there. If you don't know the blessings that can come from having those eyes stare at you, you can this morning. If you're afraid, look up because you're afraid to meet the eyes of God. You can change that today by giving your heart and life to the Lord Jesus. We invite you to do it as we sing our invitation hymn. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.